St. John chapter 8, Jesus answering the Pharisees. They're questioning him. Where did you come from? And, and they're trying to figure out just how he, how he got here and what relationship he is to God. So I'm going to put in, I'm going to move a little fast this morning if I possibly can. I have some problems. And uh, I, wanted, I want to answer kind of his, their questions. Uh, it's a very important answer. Uh, most of the time we never even considered it. Uh, but I believe it's something that uh, if you listen to me and weigh it out, you'll realize that you just can't walk up to God. Uh, I hope I make that clear to you. I'm wanting you to understand what it really means to have a personal experience with him. Let me just read a few verses, beginning in verse 12. Jesus spake again unto them, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Darkness, as I've said it many times, shows you that you really don't understand scriptural, spiritual truth. You just don't get it. You say, preacher, I can read, I understand words. That's the problem. The problem is that you don't understand these without spiritual help. This is an inspired book. It's not just words on paper. It's an inspired book by God. And so it takes the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, his revelation into your mind to understand what it's saying. And so he says, people that walk in darkness uh, will not, people that are of God will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Very important truth. They'll have a lit, illuminated understanding of the word of God through the Holy Spirit of God revealing the Bible. Now, the Bible, uh, if a person uh, doesn't know God, doesn't have a relationship, personal relationship with God, they can read the Bible and they can read words and apply a rational understanding, but they're not going to get the spiritual understanding, which covers much more. And so it ties the spiritual Ties the Bible all together like a puzzle, fits up together. Without that, there's a lot of things that just won't fit together. Let me read on. The Pharisee therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Now they're questioning him, they're doubting him, they can't believe what he's saying. How can you say these things? Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus answered unto them, though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know, he said, I know from whence I come. I fully understand where I came from, my beginning and the, the end. Jesus said, I am, in another place, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. So I know where I come from. I know where it was. Yes. They, they don't understand this. this. This is just driving them uh, troubled in their mind. 
But I, uh, he says, for I know whence I came and whither I go, but she cannot tell whence I come and, ne- and whether I go. You can't tell. Now that kind of covers what I've said a moment ago. They're looking at him. This is Jesus. But they don't understand it. He says, you can't tell. You can't figure it out. You cannot tell whence I come or whether I go. Regardless of what he says, they can't figure it out. Because, this is what he's saying, you judge after the flesh. Just your intellectual knowledge. uh, What's your emotions and feel. This is the way I believe the Bible is. This is what I feel it is. And so you judge by your emotions or your own intellect. And he says, you judge by the flesh, I judge no man. And yet I ju- if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I and the Father hath sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is the true. I am the one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, where is thy father? Now, you're talking about your father. Where's he at? Tell us where he came from. Tell us when he was born. Describe him and define him. We want to see him. We want to know where he's at. Where's your father? Jesus answered. Now, these are very important words for you just to drink in a great truth. It'll teach you a lot about the Bible. These few words Jesus said, ye neither know me. Not my father. He says, you don't know me and you don't know my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father. He said, if you knew me, you'd know my father. Let me pray and I'm going to preach just for a few moments this morning. You pray for me. I'm just not up to par as I want to be, but I'm thankful God allows me to stand here this morning. Father, I need your help for a while. I pray in Jesus' name. You'd give me the liberty, the clearance of the mind, the soundness. I pray, Lord, you'd help me with the physical problems. And I pray, allow me. Allow me to preach this message, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. That's a strong statement to hear from him. You neither know me. Uh, you'll see Jesus says it twice, uh, speaking to people that thought they knew Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. Also in uh, Matthew 25, he said to some, this almost sounds like cruel words. How could you say that? He said to one, I never knew you. I never knew you. Um, we like to think, and another one, he says, I, 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 know, I know you not. We like to think that God knows us or we know God. And you hear people talk commonly that way. They'll go through a tough experience, maybe a close brush with death. And, and they'll say, somebody was with me. If they don't want to say God, they'll say, somebody must have been with me. Somebody wants me to stick around for a while. Or they'll use the famous statement, must be the man and I don't like the rest of the words. No, Knows about me. And so everybody has a desire to believe that 
God knows them. And somehow, in his marvelous grace and his love for the world, we have that personal relationship. Maybe it's not like it's supposed to be. Maybe it's not according to the Bible. But I just feel that God watches over me all the time. People want that. They desire that. They, they, and they kind of really believe that in their mind. Uh, they believe that God is just watching their life, giving them days, and God just knows what they're doing. And they want to have that in their mind. They have that personal relationship with him, that he's just watching every step. Uh, Job said he, he's numbered my steps. How much steps he's going to take. Um, Job had a personal relationship with him. But Jesus says to these people, you neither know me nor my father. If, if ye had known me, ye should have known my father. I want to deal with that just a little while on some Conditions or stipulations it takes for you to have that personal experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. They call it a no soul salvation, and rightly so. But you, there's a conditions that must prerequisite and determine whether you really have this relationship with the Father. How did you get to it? What did it take for you to get to where you had a relationship with God? Now, Jesus said, he made it clear here, you don't have it if you don't know me. If you know me, you're guaranteed to get to know the Father. But if you don't know me, you're not going to bypass me. Jesus said in another place, he said, listen carefully, no man, no man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Nobody bypasses me and gets to God. Nobody. You got to go through the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think that's pretty well agreed. It's been said a number of times. But there's some other conditions that must be met in order to even get to know Jesus. The Bible speaks of here, they walk in darkness. I read that back in verse 12, that the Christian doesn't walk in darkness. And so the person that's not converted, not a, does not have a personal walk with a Savior. The Lord is not ruling their lives. The Lord is not walking in their lives or bearing witness of himself to them. They're not saved. They don't have that personal relationship that it takes to be able to get close to God. And so they're missing to salvation. Let me just go over some things that must happen. There's some things that have to happen just as you have to know Jesus for you to know God. You're not going to bypass him. One of the things that has to happen is you have to have some kind of an Seed of understanding the word of God as far as somebody has sowed the Bible into your heart. 
Somebody has taught you the Bible. Certain, not the whole Bible, but taught you, taught you that there is a God. And what his law says. The Bible tells us by the law is the knowledge of sin. We don't know who we are, what we are, or what's right or what's wrong. You and I on our own can do like the devil told Eve she could do. You drink of this and you'll be like a God. You'll know it all. You'll know between good and evil. You'll know it all. But you must have some kind of a revelation or understanding of the Bible. Please listen close. Let's turn to 2 Peter just for a moment. I want you to see this in the Bible yourself so that you're not just looking at me and, and trying to figure out what I'm talking about. Notice in verse 19 of chapter 1 of 2 Peter. Here's the words, verse 19. We, are, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed. Now watch these words carefully. Remember back in John, I said, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Watch these words. He said, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star. If you know your Bible, when it says day star, that's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Until the day star, the Lord Jesus Christ arises in your heart. There's got to be that Where the word of God speaks to you, the word of God reveals who you are. Turn to me first Peter. First Peter chapter one. These are prerequisites. This a person isn't going to get converted unless these things take place. Walk into a person on the street that's never really known anything about the Bible, never had instructions in righteousness. Dad, mom. Never taught them in the way they should go when they're old, if they won't depart from it. Dad and mom never set a Christian example in front of them. They don't know. Without the law, there's no knowledge of sin. You've got to have a knowledge that something's wrong with you and you need a Savior. You're not going to seek a Savior until the Bible and the Holy Ghost of God tells you, you need a Savior. You got a problem with your relationship with God and with me, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there has to be, there has to be, has to be the word of God working in your heart. First Peter chapter one, verse number 22. This explains it all as far as the word's concerned. If you read it carefully, <coughs> excuse me. Seeing you have purified your souls by obey, purified your souls in obeying the truth through, every one of these words are very important, through, remember I said, just rationaling, you can't get the Bible, just reading it, you need help. You need an interpreter. Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he will guide you into all truth. He's going to give us somebody that's going to guide us through this book. 
Notice how you read it in here. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through, notice the words, through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. And so you obeyed. There has to be a knowledge, has to be an understanding coming from the Bible, the ultimate authority for, great, for faith and practice is what the Bible is. It's the final authority. This is the only one. This is the only book that will determine where you spend eternity. It isn't what men say. It isn't, it isn't what some preacher says. It isn't what some commentary says. It isn't some other book you read. This is called the final authority for faith, believing in God, and practice walking your faith. It's the authority. And you have to have it. And you have to have, you have to have this experience to where the Holy Spirit of God is bearing witness to your heart and speaking to you about your need of salvation. You see, in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says these words. In whom the God of this world hath blinded minds, lest you believe. It's telling how the devil blinds your reasoning, your thoughts. Lest you believe, lest you believe. He don't want you to believe this. Lest you believe the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lest you believe what Jesus said. And so he blinds your minds. And that's why that light's got to shine in. It has to. You're not going to believe in the true Jesus if you don't have the truth. Do you know how many Jesuses there is in this world worshipped? I could take you over to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, and it talks about another Jesus, another spirit. It tells you in the book of 1 John chapter 4, there's many false prophets going out amongst you, and it warns you to try the spirits, and it, warns, it begins to tell you the difference of which way you perceive how Jesus came. And if you don't believe he came in the flesh, you're of the spirit of Antichrist. And so you've got to have an understanding of the Bible. And the only way you get that is with the word of God being sowed in your heart and the Holy Spirit of God revealing. Think with me a minute. Think with me a minute. Now, in order for you to really know yourself and know God. You're going to have to. You're going to have to have help. You're going to have to have wisdom. You're going to have to have understanding. You're going to have to have revelation. It's going to take the Holy Spirit of God leading you through the scriptures, revealing your need. Revealing what you're really like in your heart. Most 
never realize just how low down and wicked they are in God's sight. We like to think, well, I live pretty good, and I, I, don't, I don't take his name in vain, and I try to treat him right, and all this, blah, blah. No, it's going to take what they call Holy Ghost convictions. Jesus said when he's come, this is what the Holy Spirit's going to do. When he has come, he'll reprove this world of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. He's going he's to open your mind to understand what's ahead and what your need is. He's going to reveal to you what your condition is. Is it warm in here? Okay, you're all right. But it's going to take it's going to take the Spirit of God moving in your life and revealing these things, opening your mind and heart to the truth. It's called conviction of sin, or it's breaking down your love for yourself, breaking down your control over your life. The Bible says if you save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for Christ's sake, you'll find it. That's got to happen. You're not going to have a relationship with Lord Jesus Christ unless you yield yourself to him. As the Holy Spirit of God convicts you, you yield yourself to him. And you realize this phrase come around so often. Everybody in the world said they were. But Jesus said, Except you be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Everybody says they're born again. Well, that's a spiritual birth. That's a birth of the spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's what's born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. And so that Holy Spirit of God deals with your heart. You're convicted of your sin. He puts the word of God before your mind, reproves you, and you realize... I can't save myself. I can't change myself. Hope you're listening. I want to do right, but I can't. I know I'm wrong, but I can't get it right. It's a terrible state to get in when you're relying on yourself and trusting yourself. You can't save yourself. You'll never do good enough to save yourself. But so many figure, well, you know, I'll do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. It's going to take you having the Holy Spirit of God Breathe to your soul that you need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ for the saving of your soul. You know what that really happens? And what happens then? It's a humbling effect. You'll get rid of that idea that you can take care of yourself and you can do what you need to do and you'll do right and 
all that will be stripped away. And you'll say in your heart, I need him. I must have him. I cannot go on without him. I'm saying to you, until you're stripped of your pride, your self-love, your love for self, your love for this world, until it's stripped of you in your mind and heart, and you humble yourself before God and say, that's me, Lord, I need help. You'll not get the help. It's a spiritual birth, being born again of the Spirit, made a new creature in Christ Jesus. Nothing like it. Nothing to compare. You can't imagine anything like it. A new you. You have a new view of life. You have the Spirit of God in you. You sense His presence. And you walk with Him like the whole song says. And He talks with you. You have that wonderful experience to where now... You know the heavenly father's watching over you because you've come through Jesus Christ. You've come the right way. Jesus is, I can show you in Timothy, he says he is the mediator. He is the mediator between God and man. You can't get there without him. You can't bypass him. He's our advocate when you get there and prays for us. One more thing. Not only do you need this salvation, but you need to know Fanny Crosby wrote a song. The words are so, so good. She was blind. She wrote the most beautiful truth, scripture truth, about your relationship with Christ. She said, blessed assurance. You know what assurance is? You're in. You're part of the beloved. You belong. You're of his family. You're one of his children. And now you can cry. The Holy Ghost of God will lead you. It says in Romans chapter 8. He'll lead you to where. And he'll instruct you. And he'll tell you now. Now. Now you can pray. Abba Father. Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Must be. His way. You can have that experience. You can have that relationship. You can have that assurance. Israel. Israel time and time again. You read it and it's such a beautiful picture. They're walking through dangerous territory. And there's a pillar of fire by night. Signifying the presence of God over top of them. And during the day, there's a cloud that follows those over a million people walking. 
And this cloud is just bearing witness to them that God's watching over you. Everybody wants to believe that. Everybody just desires, just wants to feel that God knows where they're at and what they're doing and what's going on in their life and what they need. Jesus telling you, you come to me. You accept me. You believe in me. And you can know the Father. You can know the Father. You can have that Fanny Crosby blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of the Spirit, washed in the blood. She said, that's my testimony. This is my soul. Praising my Savior all the day long. Is that, is that your life? If Jesus was to speak to you personally this morning, which one would he say? Would he say, enter thou into the joy of the Lord? Or would he say, you neither know me. Old preachers used to say these words. You really need a no-so salvation. That means it's not guessed, hope so, think so, maybe, I, I'm, I'm believing, I'm, I'm trusting. I'm not really that sure, but I'm, I'm, I'm trusting, I'm believing. What we need is where you lay your head on the pillow at night, regardless of what happens to you through the night. You can have that peace that passes understanding. That, that touch of God upon your soul and spirit, that it's real. One old songwriter wrote and said, it's real, it's real, I know it's real. Praise God, the doubts are settled, and I know it's real. I wouldn't accept anything but that. I wouldn't accept any kind of ritual form. I wouldn't accept anything that I did. I've got to have, for me to have peace in my soul, I've got to have. that inner relationship with the Heavenly Father. You bow before him and you call his name out. He is the high and holy one. He's the only one in Psalms 83 that says, he's the only one whose name is Jehovah. The rest of the verse says, who reigneth over all the world. His name is Jehovah. It's a wonderful relationship. It's a real relationship. And it's for you. Shall we stand?
pray and uh, you were there's a, a meal back there waiting for you and and a love and relationship you know there's something more than just food and gathering with people you love it makes everything better We, I won't get to talk to you again, many of you. I just want you to know how much we love Madeline. I remember I first met her when they went in an apartment, and I believe Putt was only about three, four months old, first time I met her. She's been a faithful, loving member of this church, and we love her. And thank God for her. I'm glad you've come. Father, in Jesus' name, my heart goes out to each one. I want them to know what Madeline's got and lives it. Lives it. She's a light, she's a testimony of the grace of God in her heart that keeps her. I pray for her family and friends that are here that you'll work in their lives. Everyone that's in here, uh, I am asking, Lord, that they'd have that experience with Christ that the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God led them to. I pray bless the food as they partake of it and the time of fellowship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You are dismissed.